Is it Wednesday again already? It's Wednesday! This is Amy. And Lexi. And this is Confessions of Retail. All the tea. Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to the, the shit, shit show. Episode 22. This is coming to you from the past. <laughs> We found a time machine. We did. We and and you know what? We traveled back into the past because <laughs> the, the present and the future is just very bleak right now. <laughs> kind of a shit show. Really is. Like literally the entire country is a dumpster fire. <laughs> so <laughs> we're time travelers now. <laughs> Don't tell the government, you guys. So it's been a wild ride, hasn't it? Yes. And by the time that you guys are listening to this episode, I will already be on my way to New Mexico. Let's wish her very safe travels. Her and our family are ready for this. Yes, we are. We're packing up the house. Currently, for real, the house is only about 50% packed. Oh, wild. Yes. And uh, things are getting stressful. Didn't you just bring your brother in for reinforcement? We did. We flew him in from California. He's he's coming to stay with us to help us get packed up and moved. He's going to go with us to New Mexico, and then he's going to go back to California. So that's nice of him to come. Thanks. <laughs> Pork chap. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to call you by your real name on this podcast. Oh, my goodness. So, uh... I have been going through the ringer for the last week. On top of all of the craziness that we're all dealing with, I found out my puppy had the parvovirus. So she had been staying with my ex, and over the course of like two days, her health took a violent turn for the worst. Like, went from normal puppy to... Looking extremely uh, emaciated, lethargic. She was throwing up bile and like puddles of drool within seconds. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I've never dealt with a dog in the throes of parvovirus, so I wasn't sure what I was looking at, right? Me neither. I thought initially that she had gotten a hold of some like grass or something that had like Roundup or uh, Orkin had just come out, right? Schmorkin. <laughs> Schmorkin. So he brings her over on Friday night, and I'm just thinking all of the worst things. She looks absolutely miserable. She's completely lethargic, which is not like her. Usually she's all chipper. She runs around. She doesn't walk. She's a shepherd, you guys. Yeah, she literally gallops. Okay, she doesn't even know how to just walk. She prances. She gallops. She's a very lively mover. So when I saw her laying on the ground and not wanting to move at all, I knew something bad, bad was going on. Right. So we take her Friday night up to an animal hospital and get her checked out. They test her for parvovirus and it comes back negative. They have an overnight fee of a whopping $450 for the deposit. Jesus fucking Christ. Which means they'll give it back, but only some of it, and that's only if you have it right then and there, which I didn't. (laughs) Hello? It's literally, like, I just paid rent. That's where all my money went. Okay? And this 
pandemic world, <laughs> we only have so many dollars. <laughs> so the doctor that was on staff that night, that was that was the beginning and end of his help. And he couldn't do anything else because we couldn't pay for it. And that's not his fault. Right. Okay. So that night, um, I stayed by her side, made sure she was drinking water when she could, and tried my best to ease her from throwing up. Still happened, but not as much as she had been doing during the day. Couldn't tell if I was helping or if it was just because she was empty. Right. So the fucking next day, I'm at a loss. We have expended all of the options I thought we had. So we take her to the hospital to get put down. And the whole time, I didn't want to be there. I was just bawling my eyes out. I'm just looking at my poor, helpless fur baby. And I'm like, I can't do anything because of fucking money. Like, that's the holdup on your life or death situation. Yeah, sad. It was so heartbreaking, right? So the tech grabs her from us, brings her inside, gets her set up with a catheter, and then she asks us to come inside. Now, it's still COVID times. Right. So we have to wear masks when we go in. And remember, I'm crying, okay? I'm not a clean crier. I'm a messy, tears streaming down my whole face, snot bubbles crier, okay? Yeah. Not to be graphic. Me, me too. I can't help it. When my baby's about to die, I'm going to cry my heart out. So my face started getting real stuck to the mask, and it was super gross. And, um, yeah, it was really awkward talking to this vet tech about everything. Well, like, you could hear it. There's, like, like an obvious totally whistling sound. It's not in here. It was so <laughs> gross. So she asks what's going on. She literally has the solution, the euthanizing, euthanizing solution ready. And she goes, what's going on? And I tell her of the situation and what's going on and how we just don't have the money to treat her. And she goes, can I do some blood work free of charge? And I was like, yes, please. We would love to at least know an answer. And she goes, yeah, I would hate to put a dog down that still has a chance. Right. And I'm just like immediately like, oh, my God, we found the right fucking vet. So she runs blood work and everything's normal. She just looks dehydrated. So then she goes, can I do a parvo test? And we tell her about the results from the night before. And so she goes, sometimes false negatives happen. Let me try again. So she checks and it's immediately like it it's like a pregnancy test, right? Yeah. They do like a liquid dropper There's thing. There's a line there. I got a parvo. <laughs> and so they like do this thing and then all of a sudden it like clicks and like she said it would take up to two minutes and it wasn't even 10 seconds. She goes, oh, yeah, she's got parvovirus. And I'm like, OK, so what do we do from here? And she this woman, Amy, oh, my gosh, I still want to cry about it. Just talking about her. Bless her fucking heart. She sent us home. With training in subdermal shots, all of the vaccines and antibiotics that we would need to treat her, and two IV bags, full IV bags, to push this virus through and out of her body. This woman gave us a second chance for our baby. For free. For free. Aww. So... Keep in mind, this is Saturday, right? Right. So that night, you know, everything's normal. Sunday morning, I have to give her her first shots. I was so fucking terrified. What you're supposed to do is you pick up the scruff of the dog and you have to put the needle in a certain way. Right. And I was literally just like 
shaking. I was so terrified I was going to do this wrong. It was actually not nearly as difficult as I thought it was. Right. But I was just so terrified, right? Um, So that was on Saturday that we went and saw the vet. Monday night, she was back from lethargic world. She was up walking, jumping around. She got back into her favorite chair. It's a recliner in my living room. She's um, here right beside us right now. Licking herself. She's eating solid food again for the first time in four days. Um, she's able to go outside and go potty again. Like yeah, when the girls, She's completely recovering when from When the this. girls and I showed up and you let her out of the room, she came galloping out. Like I was like, you wouldn't have thought that you almost died three days ago. Isn't it insane? Yeah. That woman is a saint. Yes. Um, once we're completely out of the yellow zone with the parvovirus, we're going to go up and visit her and say a very, very licky thank you, I'm sure. <laughs> thank you for saving my life. Because she gave me everything I needed. And she followed up with me Monday night. She called me and was like, hey, how's everything doing? How's Lily doing? And I explained everything to her. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so the only thing you need is Pedialyte and soft food. Just work through. Push those fluids. And I'm like, all right, bet. And Got she goes... You. How are you on IV solution? And I was like, oh, we, I just started the second bag. She only gave me two. She goes, why don't you come down in a couple of days? We'll get you a third bag on the house. Like, still? Aww. Still? God, I love you. Complete stranger to me before Saturday. <laughs> that's a person that's in that line of duty, like that. that's in that job. For the animals, you know, yes. like, that's a heart right there. It's not oh my gosh, me. I love you, I love you, I love you, and I guess she runs. I love you too. She runs two different clinics. She does the one that I went to, and then she runs another one upstate. And Monday, when I had called to follow up with her, she didn't clock in on time because there was an emergency with a pet at the other hospital. And the the lady that was talking to me on the phone, she's like, "I'm so sorry." I was like. Why? She's being a hero. (laughs) Don't apologize for that. That's magical work she's doing. Yes. She's a magical motherfucker. She is a magical motherfucker. You got a sticker coming your way, sis. (laughs) 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 Oh, Amy, how how has everything been? You're done at your work. Yeah, like, you know, I'm done, but... um. Before the COVID shutdown, every year we have a a fundraising event, right, for the month of March for cancer, right? So any, basically any money that people round up, you know, like if their total is like $7.62, they can round it up to $8 even, and then that change goes to lymphoma research. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So in March we do that, and... It literally ended, and then the next day, the entire world shut down. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, we like, we have, like, a raffle, you know? Like, we go around and we get, like, prizes from different uh, stores and stuff, you know? Like, in the past, I've gotten um, grocery card, like, gift cards for groceries, um, gas cards, um gift certificates for donuts you movie know. posters movie posters like little we, i didn't you make like a goodie bag one time too yeah, like, or yeah like, like a basket a, like a date night basket or like yes, a family night basket. i remember that things like that 
Well, so this year I got an idea. It wasn't my idea. I'm not going to steal the... Uh, I'm not going to say that it was my idea because it wasn't. Somebody else had mentioned it in our, like, district-wide manager group chat that we have, right? It's something about pie in the face. <laughs> and I was like, I know that we got plenty of customers that would pay to throw a pie in my face. <laughs> <laughs> a few just a few try like all of them <laughs> literally anyone would take the opportunity to pie face someone yes i asked Alyssa. i said how do you feel about getting a pie thrown in your face <laughs> she's like what <laughs> <laughs> and i was like people can donate money to enter into a raffle and whoever's name gets picked gets to throw a pie in our face. You know, so there's a bucket for her and a bucket for me. And they get to put their tickets in whichever bucket they want. They pay a dollar a ticket and they get to put their ticket in our buckets to try and throw a pie in our face. So <laughs> we we literally, like, like I said, the... um. The fundraiser event ended, and then two days later, the store closed down. The entire fucking world closed down, right? But we had pulled all of the winners for all of the prizes the day before. And um, so what's funny is, is Alyssa's daughter entered to <laughs> be able to throw a pie in her mom's face. My husband entered to be able to throw a pie in my face. We had one of the employees choose for our buckets for the pie face, so that way it wouldn't be, like, a biased thing. Like, we let her pick, right? So, um, she picks from Alyssa's bucket, and she pulls out Alyssa's daughter. <laughs> and then she pulls out of my bucket, she pulls my husband. <laughs> my husband was like, you know, as much fun as that sounds, like, I would love to be able to throw a pie in your face and not get in trouble for it, but <laughs> I feel like maybe some customers might see that as rigged as, like, her daughter gets to throw a pie in her face and your husband gets to throw a pie in your face, so I'll totally come and let somebody else throw a pie in your face and I will record it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So then we finally reopen, you know, six weeks later and we re-pull for me and we pull one of my regulars. He's this loud, he, he's a loud, obnoxious guy and he's really fun. And uh, so we pull his name and I'll tell you what, Lexi, he was very excited to be able to throw a pie in my face. <laughs> yes, I saw the video. <laughs> he had the biggest ear to ear <laughs> grin. He was so ready. So after we opened, uh, Alyssa and I talked about it, you know, with all the COVID like guidelines and stuff. But we still essentially decided to just go ahead and do the pie because her daughter wanted to throw a pie in her face. And, and he really wanted to throw a pie in my face. And, and my husband really wanted to watch me get a pie in my face. So, <laughs> so we just did it the other day, and uh, it was lemon meringue pie. <laughs> in the face. In the face, up the nose. Does it taste differently when it's thrusted at your face? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but you know, it was kind of solid. <laughs> You're like, it actually felt more like a punch than a pie. <laughs> no, it was just like a... <laughs> right in my face. You know, if you turn it up on the video, you can hear it. <laughs> you can hear the moment of contact. It's pretty nice. <laughs> so, um, I shared the video into our fan group page, you know, on our fan group on Facebook. Uh, so if you want to see me get pied in the face, you have to join our fan group on Facebook. <laughs> Go to Fans of Confessions of Retail Oddity. <laughs> and that is the group. It is linked to our page on Facebook. It sure is. And you'll be able to see me get a pie in the face. Maybe you'll be able to watch it as many times as I have. Lexi's watched it like a hundred times, I think. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you and Alyssa both flinch, right? Right when like, it hits. Ugh. You're both like, why hasn't it hit me yet? Oh! <laughs> well, and Alyssa, I, it looks like Alyssa like pulled back as soon as her daughter like pushed it in her face because... Because her daughter told me, she, she like whispered it to me when her mom wasn't around. She's like, I'm going to do it like this, Amy. I'm going to put it in her face. I'm going to twist it one way, twist it the other way, and then up. And so I think that when, like when she was trying to like do her idea, like Alyssa was like pulled back. So it like looks like she smacked the crap out of Alyssa. But really, she Alyssa just like pulled back. <laughs> She's like, whoa, Nelly. <laughs> But the customer, he like he just went fat right into my freaking face. <laughs> it was a fun time. It was a good way to leave, I guess. I was very sticky. <laughs> so that's about all we got for work-related things. So now we're going to move on to In the News. In the News. We all know people can be wild. Yes, even in public. Sometimes things get so wild, they make the news. Hey, here's some news articles we found. What you got in the news, Amy? <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Burger King debuts ridiculous new social distancing method to reinforce the rules. <laughs> A select group of Burger King customers now... I already know what it's about. I want one. ...now have a safe way to enjoy their Whoppers and make a fashion statement in the process. It's all thanks to the chain's all-new social distance crowns, which are designed <laughs> to help in-store customers stay six feet apart from each other. Currently available. You mean royal sombreros? Because that's exactly <laughs> what they are. <laughs> they are royal as fuck. I want one. Currently available at Burger King's locations in Germany, the free crowns are essentially just gigantic paper hats. <laughs> They're fucking huge. I love him. Look, there's the picture. <laughs> They're so good. They're literally just like a whole bunch of Burger King crowns, like made all the way around into a fucking giant sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three feet around on you and then three feet, or, you know, they're all three feet around so that way you stay six feet apart at all times. Mm -hmm. Smart. <laughs> so, a company representative told Business Insider, which by the way, this came from Yahoo.com. <laughs> anyway, 
A company representative told Business Insider that the hats were a fun and playful way to remind guests of the social distancing standards that the chain hopes to continue enforcing in Germany. So that's fun. Social distancing royalty sombreros. I really want a royal sombrero. (laughs) Like, I would legit go to Germany just for a sombrero. (laughs) You wouldn't even be able to put it on carry-on. I won't. I'll leave it folded up until I got back. I don't think it folds. You think it just? You think they just got mailed like that? (laughs) Come on, we have to put together the regular paper ones. You think we're not gonna have to put together a fucking six foot wide one? (laughs) Nah, they showed up like this. (laughs) I'm afraid. (laughs) I'm afraid to separate them. (laughs) Mega crowd. (laughs) Walking around looking like you have a whole rook on your head. All right, Lexi. So what is your news article? So you remember my story about J.C. Penny trying J- to rent JCP. out to J.C.P.? <laughs> so I'm guessing that didn't really work too well. Or maybe they were only doing it to some locations. I have a different article now. Oh, okay. This one is titled, Think Amazon Wouldn't Buy J.C. Penny? Think again. Amazon's going to buy everything. It's going to create a monopoly. It's already, basically. I mean, basically. it's already. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is like the most fucking rich person in the whole planet. <laughs> this article comes from the Dallas Morning News. Uh, many think Amazon will eventually buy Kohl's, but Penny may have more of what Amazon needs to take its apparel sales to another level. How can a company reorganizing in a stressful bankruptcy during a once-in-a-century pandemic, no less, launch a new betting line? It really is every century, isn't it? Like, the 20s are not a good year. <laughs> you know, you remember when we were talking about the roaring 20s and yeah. how we were going to bring it back? Yeah. I don't think this is what we meant. Mm, I didn't plague, mean the plague part. The plague. I meant, like, the fun, skimpy dresses and, like, uh... The uh, flappers. What are those called? Speakeasies. Oh, yes, yeah, speakeasies. And flappers and, and, and flapper dresses. And, and feathers. On Lots your head. of feather headdresses <laughs> and headbands and fun stuff Girl. and not plague things, right? Plague. We, were, we, we weren't interested in the death part of it. <laughs> Anywho, um, JCPenney knows how, and that's because it has been doing a private label merchandise longer than most of its competitors. The chain created a new line of sheets and quilts called Linden Street to compete with specialty stores. It started selling the brand this week online at the same time it reopened its stores. Penny's private label business has historically been one of the best in retailing. And it may be one of the reasons analysts are buzzing about whether Amazon might buy part or all of the 118-year-old department store. A well-sourced fashion business publication, www.com, WWD, uh, reported last week that Amazon had boots on the ground at Penny's headquarters in Plano. Neither company has commented on the rumor. The report quoted a source, quote unquote, there is an Amazon team in Plano as we speak. There is a dialogue and I'm told it has a lot to do with Amazon eager to expand its apparel business for sure, unquote. They just want to take all the J.C. Penny clothes and sell them at discounted prices. I have no idea. Maybe they'll like keep putting the money. Like they'll sell J.C.P. merchandise mm. and like a 
portion of that goes back to JCPenney? I have no idea how that would work. <laughs> Here, we'll put some of our stuff in your stores and we'll pay you for it and you can take a percent of the proceeds. That way you don't have to close all of them. <laughs> Um, immediately critics started saying no way, but Penny has been creating and building brands for decades, long before the rest of retail caught on that margins are much better for store brands. Uh, plenty of analysts and other retail observers expect Amazon to buy Kohl's instead of Penny. Both chains have real estate to offer, but Penny has not just stores, but a solid distribution network and its popular private label lines. Kohl's isn't really like bankrupt or anything though no but i'm sure that they're staggering too Mm, Um, people love kohl's i know i love kohl's yeah no i i can't go into kohl's it's dangerous it's very dangerous (laughs) uh penny built its strength by developing private labels in a different era when powerful regional department stores could squeeze out the national chains like penny and sears from the brands that they wanted exclusively Everyone still has a huge amount of respect for Penny's private brand organization, said Liz Sweeney, who has been consulting the past five years after leaving Penny as chief merchant. Amazon has tried to make apparel into an, quote, algorithm-driven commodity. Sweeney said, I get why you might call... algorithms. I just hate when I get, like, lumped into an algorithm, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because, yeah, I might, like... like clothes that look like this but i also like clothes that look like that mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they don't show me that <laughs> okay uh so the algorithm driven macaudity or commodity macaudity macaudity uh the algorithm driven commodity is based on the articles of clothing not the customers themselves uh. Um, Sweeney said, I get why you might call underwear Amazon essentials, but not dresses. Amazon doesn't break out its apparel sales, but several analysts estimated that before the pandemic, it was on its way to leaping over Target and Walmart to have the largest apparel market share. I can believe that. Yeah. Although I love Target. They have a lot of really cute clothes. Especially for little girls. (laughs) Oh my gosh, right? Cat and Jack, the Cat and Jack line. I fucking love Cat and Jack. I love the Cat and Jack pants. Reinforced knees was a brilliant move for boys. Fucking yes. Oh my god. Reinforced <laughs> knees is great in general. So, um, we're done within the news. We are. <laughs> so, since we're not going to do movie reviews or backroom, we decided that we're going to ta- continue our journey. Yep. We're yeah. hopping back in the time machine, going down memory lane. We told you we got a time machine, you guys. We weren't kidding. <laughs> so now we are back to our third jobs. Yes, we're going to discuss where we worked after our second jobs. All right, so Amy, where did you work for your third job? The big blue box retail establishment is this the one with the black friday story yes oh man we already know that story but i'm sure there was plenty of other shit shows along the way Uh, it's schmallmart they're notorious for dumpster fires so i have talked in the past episodes in season one and brought it up here or there about my working at schmallmart (laughs) 
I left Taco Bell and pretty almost immediately started working at Walmart. Um, so at that time, I'm I'm 18 years old, right? And uh, my best friend and I were we're hooligans at that stage in our life, you know, we're, we're kids doing hood rat things in the hood rat years of our lives. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we needed income to support our hood rat ways. <laughs> we gotta fund the hood rat supply, you know? It's not gonna fucking fund itself. Um, so, you know, we're, like, doing all kinds of things at that time that we shouldn't be doing, um, like, smoking pot and such, which, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not anti-pot or anything, but working at Walmart, you have to get drug tested. <laughs> so, this is what we did, Lexi. My best friend and I, we go to Walmart, and we buy giant jar of pickles oh no yes we buy a giant jar of pickles <laughs> and we bring it back to my parents house and we sit in my bedroom we're on our we're on my bed just sitting there and we just fucking between the two of us eat this entire fucking jar of pickles and drink all of the pickle juice and we're like i remember when we opened it we we each grabbed a pickle and we just looked at each other and we said here's to hoping that we pass our drug test and we just fucking cheers our pickles <laughs> pickle spear cheering <laughs> it's a spear cheer you know and uh yeah we ate all of that fucking i love pickles don't get me wrong i do i love pickles but we ate and drank every single drop from in the fucking jar of pickles i had the worst stomach ache <laughs> 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 and I don't think I wanted to eat pickles for a little bit. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> newsflash, we passed our drug test. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was because of the pickles. I really couldn't tell you. That's funny we, shit. We weren't, like, habitual smokers at that point, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't even, I think at that point in time, like, we had only smoked like two weeks before that and we weren't regular smokers and we're like 18 and 17 year old kids <laughs> with high metabolisms anyway but anyway so we passed our drug tests <laughs> and we um they're doing a mass hiring because they're building a new walmart at the time right like they had literally just finished building it but it wasn't open yet so they're doing all this mass hiring and they bring us all to the other Walmart in town and they train us for two weeks there. And then they have us go to the new Walmart and build the entire inside of it. Like, what kind of shit is that? That Walmart is so cheap. They're like, no, we're going to pay you your $8 an hour and we're going to make you build this entire inside of this store. Wow. I remember you telling me. Uh, I mean, I did, but I didn't. I didn't you go talked into detail about, about the, it. You talked about specifically a lot of hooking up happening around this time. Right, because we were open to the public. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Like, what do you do in those situations? Are so, you like the puppet of the monkey that's like, oh, I saw that, didn't mean to see that? Like, 
How do you respond? <laughs> so anyway, um, we we're we're only trained for two fucking weeks at the other one, dealing with customers for just two weeks, and then we go to the new Walmart, and for three months, Lexi, for three months, we're building the inside of the store. That's I so every single one of the registers at that Walmart, I fucking went through and connected the Ethernet to all of those, like. I freaking um, set up all of those fucking registers. The fucking shelves, we built those shelves. Mm -hmm. Like, when we walked in there the first day, it was nothing but a big, empty building. Yep, just a giant shell of a warehouse. huge, empty, and, like, there was, like, tape in different places saying, like, oh, this is where the clothes are. We're going to pretend that this is where the clothes are. (laughs) I need you to really believe with me here. (laughs) Just just really, just, just use your imagination. But anyway, so for three months, we didn't have to put up with any customer's shit. Oh. It was great. I fucking loved it. It was the best. And, yes, there was a lot of interrelations going on. If you remember from a previous episode, Amy did tell a lot well, about Well, that it. happened after we opened, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it again here in a minute. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, like it was like a, a whole bunch of like 18, 19 year old kids and, and you know, sprinkle in some adults and stuff, you know, um, like there are some responsible people, but it's a lot of fucking kids, you know, a lot of teenagers running amok. And so everybody's just hooking up with everybody. I was not one of those. I had a boyfriend at the time. Um, But anyway, so, like, it's just, like, one day this cart pusher likes this cashier and they, like, hold hands and date for a little bit and hook up. And next thing you know, they're off with other people. I was like, there's a lot of interweaving going on here. I don't know about all that. (laughs) Remember, guys, the clap is one and three. (laughs) so so three months goes by we finally built it it is a grand opening and um i stayed on the register for one week and then i got transferred to to hba health and beauty and, and cosmetics and and I worked in there for a little while, and then eventually I transferred to pharmacy, and then from pharmacy I transferred to photo lab. I I, I moved around a bit in my two years of working there, <laughs> um, but ultimately I, I I stayed in the photo lab the longest, and uh, the photo lab was it's a it's like part of the electronics now like there's not even a fucking photo lab yeah they don't even they send the electronics personnel over to you if you there's not even a photo section anymore like it's It's, put in with electronics now they're little monitors yeah just two like two kiosks mm -hmm. for you to plug in your phone to be able to print off your pictures or whatever isn't i used to have to break open fucking disposable cameras and film canisters and develop like actually develop them that was fun that was my favorite part about photography in high school so um yeah i i really liked it in the photo lab but it was right next to the electronics part the the electronics uh part of the store and we all have been to Walmart. We all know that Walmart has a wall of TVs. <laughs> and our Walmart would freaking play this, like, loop 
thing on the TVs, like, loud as fuck. I don't even, I haven't even been to that Walmart in forever. I don't even know that much about it now. But it was so fucking loud, and I had to listen every day for eight hours the same fucking loop thing, you know? It, they would they would change it, like, see? They would change it from this loop DVD to fucking High School Musical 2. That That's that's how old I am. High School Musical 2 came out then. You know what I mean? So I'm in the fucking photo lab listening to Zac Efron go, I can get it, I can get it, I can get it. Like, dancing across the fucking, like, golf course. It's <laughs> me and my friend that worked in the photo lab together. We... <laughs> We would just, like, sing that back and forth to each other and just kind of, like, chasse, like, in the fucking photo lab. Like, <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> of course you're not going to turn down a musical, even if it's a high school musical. No. I mean, I had to listen to it over and over and over and over and over. It was, like, beaded into my brain. Mm-hmm. And, and then also there was, like, on the loop DVD that they played when they weren't playing high school musical or Milo and Otis. I love Milo and Otis. I really do. But I really don't want to watch it anytime ever again. <laughs> like, I'm good, actually. I never want to watch Milo and Otis or see High School Musical 2 ever again. But, so, um, on the Loop DVD, there. this was when Sarah Bareilles just became, like, a big thing. She had her I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love Song song. Oh, okay. Like, her really big song. So on that loop DVD, it actually was her like an interview with her talking about the song. And essentially, she wrote that song because the music label that signed her kept bugging her and telling her that they wanted her to write a love song. <laughs> so she wrote them a love song. <laughs> so love, love I'm the not going to write you a love song because you asked for it because you need one. <laughs> And I love that song. <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> Gotta love a rebel. Right? Uh, but yeah, so um, if you go back and listen to episode 10 of season one, oh, I, I spilled the tea about the time that one of the assistant managers of the store got caught having sex with one of the department managers of the store. Oh. And the assistant manager had a wife and kids. And the department manager was just some, like, 22-year-old thought. (laughs) And I could tell that, like, she was very obviously into him. And he was obviously enjoying the attention. Yeah. For for the longest time, like, it was, like, the talk of the store. You know, like, everybody could see that there was obviously... Something was going to be happening. If it wasn't already, it was going to. Right. And so then they did eventually get caught having sex in the fucking milk freezer. <laughs> like, that's on, my first thought. On, like, a hey, carton you go of fuck milk. in the dairy cooler. <laughs> All I can do is shrug at that. Could you like- imagine? Being a customer at that point, you're opening the fucking door to pull out a gallon of milk and you hear. Uh, uh, like you're like, and I'm not getting this milk. Now. Like, <laughs> you know what? I don't even think it's milk, no more. I think I might just become lactose intolerant. <laughs> lactose intolerant, <laughs> bro. I wouldn't be able to do it either. Uh, so, 
You know, the corporation for Walmart is awful. I said it. I fucking said it. You are just a fucking number to them, you know? Um, But I did have some good bosses. You know, like, the store manager, he was a chill dude. Um, The lady in HR, she was really nice. Um, My department manager was really great. But you're... No matter what your circumstances are, there's this fucking point system that is bullshit. <laughs> and I didn't exactly have the best work ethic back then. Well, you were 18. Yeah, 18, 19 years old. You know? I don't think anybody has a very good work ethic at that age. Like, we can all understand how to be a good employee, but that doesn't mean every day we're going to fucking show up and be one. Right. I mean, when I'm... I come to work, I'm working. But I might not always come to work <laughs> when I'm supposed to. I might be <coughs> sick. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick. Boo, you whore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's a point system. I don't know what it is now, but back then you had seven points, you know, and like leaving early is half a point, even if it's a fucking emergency or something happened, it's still half a point. You, you've gone for a whole day, it's a whole point. Uh, even if you're 15 minutes late, it's a half a point. Isn't that silly? Like, you can't necessarily help being like, caught behind a fucking train that's exactly what fucking happened to me one time i was literally on my way to work and i got stuck by a fucking train and and this train was fucking just sitting there i hate that i've had that happen a few times it was just sitting there and i ended up being 15 minutes late you know and so i had to call and tell you know, I had to call in to let them know, hey, I'm I'm coming, but there's a fucking train. And they're like, okay, well, it's a half a point. And I'm like, well, that's stupid, but whatever. Right? Like, if there is not a valid excuse, I get it. But if there's a, like, legitimate reason, right, I don't think the point should... My aunt died. I had my... My, my aunt died. And um, I, I wanted to go to the funeral. And... They wouldn't let me without taking a point. See, that's not fair. Because it wasn't immediate family. I'm like, it's my aunt. They consider immediate family your parents or your grandparents. And that's it. Okay, but what about your parents, brothers, and sisters? They don't care. They don't matter. They're not immediate. So if I wanted to go to the the funeral, I had to take a point. And uh, the only way that you get bereavement is if it's your parents or your grandparents. That's bullshit. Yeah. So I was just kind of over that place, and I just eventually uh, stopped going into work. (laughs) I was like, and I'm done. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) After two years, or it was like a year and a half or something like that, um, I was just like, yep, I'm done with that shit show. (laughs) For real. Mm. So that was my third job. What was yours? I worked at Arby's, right? So I had teleservices, then I was a sandwich artist, Subway. 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 Not Subway. <laughs> it was Subway. Um, God, I hated working at Subway when it was the $5 foot long thing. Uh, Everybody's like, can I get a 
And I'm like, <laughs> you can go if this is a bye. <laughs> no, um, so I stopped working at Subway because I was working for two separate owners, right? There is a corporation that runs the franchise. However, there are people who invest either into the franchise or they do it privately. They still have, like, certain rules and limitations. But to rock the Subway brand, you have to follow certain right. rules and offer certain it's things. It's the same with McDonald's. It, I'm not sure all, it's the not same Not all with McDonald's most. are corporations. A lot of them are franchised. Um, I don't... I know I talked about working at Subway, but I don't think I talked about how I left Subway. No, I don't remember you talking about that. So... I had worked at between these two stores. I worked almost four years. And right, your your boss got in trouble for. So at one store, my manager got in trouble for some serious shit. Yeah. So he was gone. At the other store, I was working on training to become a shift leader. Okay, so you go sandwich artist to shift leader to assistant manager to manager right like that's the flow through a restaurant or right. fast food service place so um to do the training past the general stuff you have to go down to their little office that they had in town so i went to the office i go down there and i start my training and we do like one video out of a series of like 10 right and then the owner of almost every subway in this town uh-huh. Like, there's one that owns a few, and they're, like, scattered about other towns, too. Little yeah. townships and stuff. Yeah. And then there's the other one who runs, like, 80 to 90% of the subways in our town. Uh-huh. In our hometown, right? So, um, this dude confronts me, says that I'm stealing corporate secrets and giving them to the other owner. What? And I either quit my job with the other subway... Because of the difference in ownership, or I cannot. He refuses to give me any promotions or continue with my training. What? I quit. Uh, I yeah. told him I'd specifically. Like, uh, no. I was like, that's bullshit. I quit. <laughs> and so I walked out of the office. I went back to the store that I'd worked at and apologized to my GM because she was amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That woman ran that place like the cleanest dude. Oh, my gosh. We would have a lunch rush and push out almost a thousand sandwiches and not even realize that was our numbers because of how well she had us placed. It's a well-oiled machine. It is if it works, right? Right. She'd have like seven people on one line. Yeah. So like... <laughs> you put on the onions. I'm you bread put on cut. the lettuce. Hold on, right? <laughs> so it's bread cut person, meat person, cheese and toasting person, one round of veggies, second round of veggies, sauces, cash out. There was like a whole chain of command Shoot. there. And that's she had it going. Well, it was canvas. Yeah, I know, but that's still like shoulder to shoulder. Oh, we were shoulder to shoulder. And oh. there were a couple of times when customers would be like, that must be miserable. I'm like, yeah, so why don't you go somewhere fucking else? <laughs> so, literally, like half a week after this happened, right? I quit my job with this guy, and then. Things had already hit the fan at the other subway, and um, my favorite manager was gone, right? He was not coming back, so I had to, like, absorb his responsibilities until they found somebody new. Right. And so I'm literally doing as much as I can. Keep in mind that I was 20 at the time, so, like, 
I barely had an idea. Right. I'm really just trying to figure this shit out. And it's your first like real job. I mean, before you worked at tele telemarketing. Well, at this point, I've held this job down. Right. I had just gotten done with a, a three month long stint of no days off because I was like opening for the one store and then closing for the other. It was insanity. Right. I was always working at that point in time. So when it came to all the manager stuff, it just kind of went in, you know, when I quit with the one job, I had more availability for the other. So, um, I started taking on a lot more like catering orders. Um, we had like a local high school team that we would do like full orders for the team, the crew, everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, the day that I quit there, the owner's wife comes in, tells me I am completely worthless at my job. Oh, um, she was in a bad mood, but I don't give a fuck. You don't come at your best employee, the only one showing up, right? And take your shit out on them, right? So here's what she said. She told me that I was literally the worst. Goes off on me because other employees were not doing their jobs. Oh, and that's your job. And, that's and your fault. keep in mind, I had already opened the store. I had completely restocked and prepped for the whole day, and I had pushed out three major catering orders before 11 a.m. Four hours. But I'm worthless. Four hours I was at work doing everything. And she tells me that I was worthless. So I was like, I do not appreciate you talking to me like that. And she goes, you should appreciate the fact that you can even have a job. This is why I was telling you with the other story we did in the last episode. Uh, that job is never worth more than you are, honey. Right. I told her to her face, I fucking quit. Yeah. So then um, I told... It, they, they weren't my roommates, but they came over all the time. They were some of my best friends. Uh, one of my friends, he was working at the Arby's that was close to the old store I was working at, right? Right. So I go in and I apply and the manager is fucking hilarious and hit it off. And so, boom, there I am. Lord of all the meats. <laughs> Lord of the meat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You remember when they some were like, people are the Lord bump, of the bump, dance. Bump. Other people are Lord of the Meat. <laughs> well, that's what it was. Because that was when Arby's was rocking their campaign, All the Meats. You know what I'm talking about. We have the meat. Yep. So I had a shirt that said, We have all the meats. <laughs> and on the back, it was a fucking cow with a pig on its back with a chicken on its back. Yeah. And it said, All the Meats. <laughs> and I loved that shirt, first off. Second off. I hated working at Arby's, but not for the reason people would think. There was actually very few shitty customers. Mm-hmm. Very few. There was one time I had a group of girls go through the drive-thru, right? I think they were there to flirt with one of my coworkers, and they were very unhappy when they got me instead. <laughs> Rude. So How dare she you goes, exist? She, she goes up to the window. I go to take her money, right? And I cash her out, give her her change, and she goes, boo, bitch, and drives off. I'm like, what? I was like, you're fucking retarded. She literally, like, says that after getting her change, but never got her food. (laughs) Fucking idiot. So she has to come into the store, Uh and I walk up front, and I'm looking at her smiling, and I'm just waiting, and she goes, that wasn't meant for you. I was like, oh, really? I guess it was for the other me that was here, right? Like, what the (laughs) fuck ever? I was like, you want your food or no? (laughs) (laughs) so then she like tries to like play the karen role right and she's like 
She's like, yeah, I just wanted to talk to your manager. And I was like, okay. And I call him over and he comes out with the same shit eating grin because he knows me by this point. <laughs> I've been there for a month or so. He knows I'm reliable. He knows I get my recipes down. I'm a good worker as far as he sees, right? So <laughs> this brawl through the drive-thru was definitely not my idea. And he <laughs> knows that. He, she goes, your employee was very confrontational at the window. And he goes, I'm wearing a headset. I heard all of that. <laughs> and she literally sheepishly turned around and walked right out. She, she never without her food again. <laughs> Twice. Two times. Girl, you had a perfectly Thanks paid for the floor. lunch, bitch. Oh, mm. I wanted to, but I left that one up for my manager. Um, my favorite day at work with Arby's, though, right? I, I only had good experiences. I worked with three of my really good friends. She says that she only had good experiences, yet she said that she hated working there. The reason I hated working there is because I loved the food. <laughs> I always had to get an employee meal. And so they comp you, right? And then you find out at the end of the week how bad you were. <laughs> I would make like $200 a week and walk home with $75. <laughs> and I'm like... But I love that Bronco Berry. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. I'm weak. So um, my manager one day walks out because the radio was playing and the song comes on and he had overheard me. It was the Humpty Dance by the Digital Humpty Underground. <laughs> so I know every fucking word I have since like, oh, shit. So it's probably the age of your oldest. No <laughs> lie. I've known that song for like my whole life. Um, and so I'm like over there like, all right, stop what you're doing. Right. Like I'm singing it to myself quietly. What does my manager do, Amy? He walks right up to me and he goes, oh, we're doing the hump. <laughs> the hump, the hump. I was lucky to get the amazing managers I've had. Like, honestly, honestly, I've only had one shitty manager the entire time I've been an employee. Yeah. That was it. And it, it wasn't was retail. <laughs> yeah, it was Amy. She fucking sucked, y'all. No, I'm just kidding. No, you were like the easiest because we already had a friendship. So I was like, even if I fuck up, I know I'm not going to be reamed for it. You know, you're just going to be like, hey, this is nepotism. <laughs> but like, it, I don't know. The workflow was so much easier. I was only there for like three months. It was a very short lived job, but I definitely enjoyed it working there. And I hated having to smell roast beef all the time because it was a weakness and I was so tempted. <laughs> Oh, she's like, uh. it was so difficult. I just wanted to eat all the fucking so cheesy why did, roast beef. Why did you leave? Because I moved. Oh, Moody. yep, Moody. I moved. So yeah, so uh, that was my third gerb, and it third gerb, and it only ended because I had to move out of state and moved away. But I was only there for three months, and I had a, a going-away party hosted by Aww. my manager. Like, he was so sweet. And, of course, we had to listen to Digital Underground. Of course. Oh, my gosh. We had a rap-off. Okay? We did um, Rapper's Delight by <laughs> the Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, my gosh. I loved working for him. All right. So, that wraps up gerbs. Gerbs. <laughs> So then is it tea time? It's tea time, Lexi. Clink. Clink. Um, I have a really long story to kickstart this bad boy, okay? All right. 
And also, I'm going to say that it's old. I mean, kind of saving this one. Before pandemic? Pre-pandemic. All right. Um, I feel like a wholesome story is kind of what we need, though. I guess so. I know. <laughs> I know. Look, okay, we can resume our regular scheduled <laughs> dumpster fire afterwards, okay? But for right now, we're going to douse the flames with we a little like, love and affection. We like to add wholesome content sometimes. This is a hugging story, okay? Okay. Uh. <laughs> Amy's like, fuck off. Okay, it has nothing to do with hugs. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there now. <laughs> All right, so this one's titled, It Happened at a Bar. It Happened at a Bar. That's never a good time. <laughs> so this is a uh, this is a story about a local bar that I was at one night with my boyfriend and both of my roommates. The whole household is fully aware I'm severely hard of hearing. So they really understand. and, and under, Like, I, I feel you because you know how hard of hearing I am. <laughs> this is a little... Uh, more extreme, like they know sign language and stuff because they can't hear. My stuff. hearing just is in and out because of my Meniere's disease. I, I you very well hear. <laughs> you very well might have to learn sign language though, JIC. I know, right? Like the last time that my uh my ear went out, my it's always my right ear when it goes out. Um, anyway, so the last time that my right ear went out, remember when I told you it like had I'd woke up that morning and my ear stopped working like mm-hmm. my, i couldn't hear out of it. <laughs> it stopped working my ear just stopped working <laughs> I, I forgot to charge it last <laughs> night <laughs> anyway my hearing was out for a month for a it's, month and that's scary dude it, it's not only scary but it's also annoying <laughs> as fuck mm. anyway <laughs> you are extremely hard of hearing I'm severely hard of hearing, but I claim to be deaf because I understand verbal language about as well as a deaf person Though this has led me the opportunity to speak, and through speech therapy in my youth, to speak very, very well. This is important. So, we're at our table. I'm drinking Jack and Cokes while the hubby and one roommate are drinking beer. The last remaining roommate is drinking soda because he's our our designated driver. That soda-drinking roomie is the one taking care of grabbing drinks because for some reason he enjoys getting me drunk. (laughs) Thinks I'm more hilarious when I'm drunk. I don't know. I just enjoy getting (laughs) shit-faced. so i'm sitting at our table signing a very long joke about a story called voodoo dick and (laughs) about to deliver the punchline i almost really need to know this joke right the two roommates burst into laughter having never heard the joke before though my hubby has heard me tell it verbally and signed a few times before note that our table was just completely signing myself including but yes i can use my voice Some man, maybe in his mid-fifties, taps me on the shoulder and signs, Are you verbal at all? To which I sign back, Yes. I notice the older gentleman has uh, the implants. Cochlear. Is that how you say that? Cochlear? Yeah. I ask in sign language, You have CI. Can you not hear? He responds, Too noisy in here. Need, Need to sound break. Hate talking. People think I'm stupid. At this point, it clicks, Oh, he's got a deaf accent. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand what a deaf accent is, it's it's that like weird it sounding enunciation. Sounds like you're like speaking from the back of your ma- like the back of your throat. The words aren't very well <laughs> pronunciated. They might be slurred or messy. It's because they're making all the right mouth movements, but they're not emphasizing the right ways because they can't really hear. Yep, they aren't. They aren't audibly able to confirm what they're saying. Right. So. 
Granted, I used to have the deaf accent when I was young, prior to seven years of speech therapy. So I signed to him, I'm deaf too, but my roommate will help you order. Which, said roommate, really didn't mind. He has a soft spot for disabled folks. So I signed to my roommate, he's deaf and needs help ordering a drink. Help him? And my roommate signs, sure, and gets up from his seat and gestures for the older man to follow him to the bar. He helps the old man order his drink. Gets the bartender to give him a pen and paper so he can write down his orders later in case he decides he wants to get more. And then informs the bartender the older man is deaf, too, and isn't comfortable speaking. The rest of the evening, that guy got his drinks and later was picked up by his partner slash brother slash roommate slash whatever. We've seen him and the other guy around at Huddle House quite a bit when we went to eat there. So by the time we were all, we were also finished and decided on Huddle House. Lo and behold, both our parties wind up at the same place. (laughs) At least at Huddle House, our specific server that evening knew some basic signing and was able to assist all parties involved without relying on interpretation or writing notes back and forth like school children. Look at that. That's nice. I we, know. We have, well, I used to have a customer at my my store. And, uh, you know, like, at first I didn't know that he was deaf when he first started coming in. And um, and then eventually, he, he's so nice. He's just always so happy. Um, eventually we started, like, writing back and forth to each other on, on, like, notes to be able, like, if he had questions or something. But eventually I, like, Learned how to like sign a couple of things for him. You should have seen his eyes light up when because he seen me like do those like like two fucking signs that I learned. When you can't speak and no one understands the language you use normally, right? It puts you at this fucking disposition, and so I also have learned a couple of like key phrases, right, for sign language, yeah. Um. I tried for a little while teaching my toddler some sign language, and he knows how to say, like, all done and thank you, but past that, right? none of it stuck. Yeah. I tried. I taught both of my kids baby sign language when they were little. Uh, my oldest, she she really took to it, the, the, my, my four-year-old not so much, but my oldest, like, she was a sign language. She was, like, a signing queen when she was a baby. It was crazy. She'd be walking around, like, going like this, like... <laughs> poop in the poop, poop, or poop, poop more, 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 more. Oh milk, my gosh! Milk, milk, need milk. Like she would be nursing, right? I'd be nursing her, breastfeeding her, and she would just be signing like milk, 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 like while she's eating. Like I'm drinking milk. <laughs> she loved it. She really clearly. <laughs> she's a chatterbox, my seven-year-old. So even, even before as a she baby, could talk. <laughs> when she couldn't talk, she was talking my ear off with she, fucking sign language. She still had a lot to say. <laughs> she came out of the womb making a lot of noise. <laughs> She really did. She really did. I remember her little babble walks. She wouldn't even be quiet. She's like, she doesn't know how to be quiet. I love her so much. Anyway. All right. What's your first story? I know one was a bit of a long one, but. Dislocated my shoulder to make a point. Ah. (laughs) What fucking point, mate? This is a year ago. Okay. I've been working at a grocery store for almost two years, and this happened a year ago. At the time, I was a full-time cashier and well-liked by my coworkers and most customers. I'm known at work for being goofy, and I usually have a good story. 
I had dislocated my shoulder the first time at work, but it wasn't a full dislocation. So I just tucked it in my apron and carried on one-handed. That's a fucking employee right there. Oh my gosh. So the the next day, I finished the job by reaching too far around something and it popped out completely and I had to push it back in. <laughs> After that, it came out a few times and I just put it back. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. This became pretty normal, so it isn't nearly as painful now, but still not fun. So this day I was on till and I warned my boss that I had dislocated it again at home and would have to be careful with it, but I could still do my job. She knows me well enough that she isn't at all worried about me. A lady and her husband put their things on the belt, one of which is a big box of chicken breasts that I knew I shouldn't try to lift. I started ringing in their items and tried to make pleasant conversation. She was ignoring me, and her Fun. husband was talking on the phone. Ugh. So I just continued thinking that they were preoccupied. When I finally get to the box, I said, I'm sorry, miss, but... I hurt my arm and I can't lift the box of chicken breasts. I've already... And she cut me off before I could finish. And she mm. snapped at me said, Just do your job. I tried to explain. First of all, don't fucking snap at me like I that. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, we have the right to deny you service. We no matter fucking beings, what. We even if we're on the clock. <sighs> That's what we're trying to completely convey... That's the entire fucking point of this podcast. <laughs> Exactamundo. We are fucking people. We are retail employees, but we are also people. Anyway, I tried to explain what had happened, but she just kept arguing. Apparently, one of the other cashiers heard what was going on and called my boss down from the office. My boss came to the till next to me and said, is there a problem here? Yes, your cashier is refusing to do her job. Tell her to do her job. I'm not paying for her to be lazy and ask me to do her job. I hate when people think by buying products, you are directly the person in charge of someone's payroll. Bitch, no, you are not. You do not control my wages. Your presence has nothing to do with my hourly rates. Fuck off. And all the fuck that she was wanting for you to do was to help her move the fucking chicken, lady. <laughs> I didn't even get to that point. I was ready to ream you about the comment. I'm like, all this over fucking chicken? That's how my that's how my brain works. Like, you know, when when things happen, like when big like when people make a big fucking deal, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think what it exactly it is that they're making this big deal about. You really throwing a fucking fit over some fucking chicken, lady? Seriously? You didn't even have to move it like two feet. Anyway. Shut up, Karen. So <laughs> My boss started talking about how she needs to not talk to her staff like that, and she tried explaining why I can't lift it. I turned to my boss and I said, it's fine. I got this. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I turned back to the customer and smiled. I picked up the box in kind of a weird angle to make sure I dislocate it, and I put the box on the other side of the till. I look her dead in the eye, rested my elbow on the register, lined it up, and popped that sucker back in with my other hand. It made a loud pop sound. She turned white 
and walked out of the store to, I assume, vomit. <laughs> hmm. Couldn't you have just helped, <laughs> bitch? Hmm? There you fucking go. I don't know who you are, girl with the dislocated shoulder, but I love you. <laughs> Brutal um, as fuck. Metal as fuck. I fucking love it. Fucking rebellious as fuck. I love you. <laughs> so she left her husband, and I didn't even notice that he finished his call just before I lifted the box. He came over and asked if I was all right. I said I was fine and asked how he was paying with a big grin on my face, and he paid and he left smiling pretty big himself. <laughs> I'm guessing no one checks Husband your wife very of much. Karen's. Yep, yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. So, your second story? My next story is titled, But It's a Debit Card. Alternative title is, No, I Won't Help You Scam Another Hotel. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, this, this one came with options. <laughs> all right. So, I finally get at least one calendar day off, but I have no idea when my next one will be. My relief went missing, literally, like the person to cover your shift, I guess. Re- relief, yeah. yeah. And when she finally resurfaced, it was to quit. No notice. And if that's not bad enough, to fill shifts, my GM dragged an incompetent, entitled child out of housekeeping to work PM shifts. Which means I'm cleaning up a ridiculous amount of mistakes and messes, including botched third-party check-ins and rooms with no method of payment at all. Great. Mm. Backstory. Clearly, this is based in a hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I walk in tonight already bracing myself for a shit show um, and a full shift of cleaning up after her. Oh, but she has a surprise in store for me. Oh. Sketchy dude traveling on foot. Huge red flag. Booked a prepaid crepedia. I'm not sure what that is. I don't either. Reservation and tried to check in using a prepaid card as their incidentals card that's a solid no right so this person said we'll take a cash deposit if they don't have a card he left to find cash leaving all the stuff in the lobby despite the fact he was told no damn this means he'll be back for me to deal with and back he came right as i was checking in a guest and starts ranting about how we owe him a refund no, we don't. We didn't have any of your money in the first place. And you couldn't provide us with any money in the first place, which is kind of the entire problem, isn't it? Right. I get him to wait while I finish up paying with the guest, and then it starts. The barrage of profanity and abuse that I already knew was coming. <sighs> he starts yelling. Why the fuck won't you take this card? It says you take debit cards on the website. This says debit card right here on it. You need to give me back my money. I have a confirmation number. I say, sir, it's a prepaid card and I can't. But it's a debit card. It fucking says so right here. Cue him reaching around my plexiglass sneeze guard to shove a vanilla brand gift card in my masked face. You need to take this card. Wait, hold on a second. This man has a prepaid debit card, and he's throwing a fit about it at a hotel. Them not using it for the incidentals or whatever. For, yeah. Okay. But um, if he uses a prepaid debit card, then he already fucking knows that there's a lot of places that, like, when you use a prepaid debit card at the gas station, you have to go in to use it. You can't use it at the fucking pump. Yep. 
So, I mean, what is why is this any different? This is a male Karen. A mm-hmm. Marin. <laughs> it's a Chad. Fuck you, Chad. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so he keeps yelling. He says, you need to take this card. Your goddamn website says you take debit. And I say, I'm sorry, but it, ha- it does not have an EMV chip. And he cuts off with more ranting at a high volume about how Western Union is closed and he can't get cash and he lost his wallet and how dare it cost $300 to get a hotel room. Other hotel name will let me fax a credit card authorization and God knows what else. When you yell that much, I stop listening to you. Right? I shut down. (laughs) At this point, I've also ceased trying to talk because why the hell bother? Except when he says, suddenly polite, that he needs to use the business center to print a credit card authorization for another hotel. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's also a solid note, buddy. Not only... (laughs) is our business center for actual guests only, but I know exactly what he's trying to do. Fill out the form himself to authorize himself to use someone else's card fraudulently. Because if it were above board, the other hotel would have that form for him. So I stay polite but firm that the business center and printing slash faxing services are for guest use only. I knew this would bring about more yelling. <laughs> what I didn't anticipate, however, was just how loudly he would scream his string of profanity. And I do mean scream. Cue me picking up the phone to dial cops. Thankfully, the dude leaves on his own before I dial screaming. What is that? Epithets? So I googled what epithets is. Apparently, epithets is it's a characterizing word or phrase accompanying or occurring in place of the name of a person or thing is basically a racial slur. So, so the more you know. You learned something today if you didn't know what an epithet was. Because <laughs> I didn't. So I'm gonna just start over that little segment. Alright. So thankfully dude leaves on his own before I dial, screaming epithets at the top of his lungs and decrying my personage as well. He said a lot of unsavory things that I prefer to forget rather than repeat. Yeah, because it's not even worth your fucking time anyway. Amen. And apparently his screaming was so very loud that I actually had guests come check on me. Guests checking on me. That's Sorry, crazy. look, it was it was a period, so I had to really <laughs> emphasize it for you. I got you. Um, I did my best to be nonchalant about it, but I'm far too easy of a person to read for that to have worked. I was visibly shaken. Uh, but they were great, and I really appreciate that they did that. I feel bad that they felt they felt they had to. Um, one brought down his Rottweiler to keep me company for a while, even. It <laughs> Here, was the sweetest thing, right? That was a sweet one, too. Amy, what's your second story, boo? It's called Fire Sauce. Oh, is it now? <laughs> was it super hot fire? <laughs> so... This story might not be the juiciest story, but definitely cringy and slightly traumatic. (laughs) So, I'm a college student and a part-time manager at my hometown's, quote, Mexican-American fast food chain. Might have a bell of sorts. I was home on summer break, working as most college kids do. When my town's usual kind of customer walks in. I live in a small town in the Midwest. And this guy has a few missing teeth. 
and is wearing a wife beater tank with checkered shorts. You know, the typical Midwestern. <laughs> she says, you know, it's typical here. We're pretty fucking familiar. Yeah, you or get scarred. the picture. <laughs> Is it scarred? Is that the word I'm looking for? Mentally scarred, yes. <laughs> it's around three, so we're fairly slow. And I greet the customer at the counter as I normally would. He orders, pays, all that good stuff. He then asks me if I would like to see his special tattoo. <laughs> no. No thanks. I politely decline. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> and wait for his food to be finished being made by my assistant general manager. But this man insists I see his tattoo. And I keep refusing. <laughs> By the third time I've told him I'm not interested, he proceeds to pull up his shirt and shift his pants down to where I see the lower side of his abdomen around the hip area to expose a fire sauce packet tattooed on this man's body. And you felt so inclined to half strip just to show it off. <laughs> the tattoo is like roughly the size of my hand. So it's pretty large. And I can clearly see the lettering on the taco packet. It says, lead me to your taco. <laughs> so I'm quite disgusted. And freaked out at this point while he continues to hold up his shirt and his pants slightly pulled down in the middle of my lobby. So I calm my manager over the headset to come up and he is shocked as I would be if I walked into a man flaunting a disgusting tattoo at my younger female co-worker. I try to walk to the back to let my manager take care of the situation, but the man keeps calling towards me. Oh, my he God. He wants to see my taco. <laughs> Sir, get out. Like, there's no fucking hint. That is 100%. What? And he keeps saying that I have to leave with him. He doesn't want the food anymore. Oh, my God. This man is refusing to leave. He won't accept a refund or take his food and keeps flashing other customers coming in his tattoo. We eventually had to call the cops to have him taken off the property and arrested. Ooh. And then... She leaves, it, she leaves it off with, don't do meth, kids. <laughs> I was going to ask, is it crack? Is that what you're smoking? No, it's Maybe meth. It's, it's meth. Well, just this remember. is the Midwest. It's always meth. It's Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're crystal methany and then, <laughs> then you got a little spicy with it, I guess. I don't fucking know. Remember, kids. Donuts, don't do meth. Donuts are always healthier than crystal meth. <laughs> Much Fun fact, cheaper, too. Much cheaper. <laughs> You want to have a hobby you can afford, choose donuts every time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny shit. So, All right. Yeah. 
That's my second story. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, we're going on to the top four cities. We sure are. Our right. number one city is Tigard, Oregon. Still holding it down. Dude, y'all are the reigning champs right now. Sure Keep are. it going. That is number two, Lexi. It's Chicago, Illinois. Again. Again. Also fucking holding that shit down. Yeah. Who's number three, okay. Amy? Our number three top city, I'm going to say it right, is Calgary, Alberta. Did you throw that shade because I say it as Calgary? <laughs> like it's hyphenated two words or two names. It's Cal and Gary. I don't know why my brain does that. Okay. I don't. Sorry, Alberta. You deserved so much better than I gave you. <laughs> okay, so for fourth place. We have a three-way tie. Yes, we do. Who's got, our first one? We've got San Jose, California. we got Indianapolis, Indiana. And also joining the ranks, Toronto. Toronto. Hey, Ontario. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the top four. Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> we do this weekly. <laughs> oh, man. I love looking at our dims I every do time. Too. It's fun. It's amazing. So, Lexi, you have our sign-off quote this week? I do. This is a quote about unity. Which we all need right now. Yes, we do. So powerful is the light of unity that it can illuminate the entire earth. Yes. Yes. We have to stick together, you guys. We're all in it together, not to quote High School Musical, but for real. Like Queen Latifah says, U-N-I-T-Y. All right, guys. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Make sure you go and like our Facebook page, Confessions of Retail, all the tea. Also find our group, fans of Confessions of Retail, all the tea. Don't forget to find us on Twitter. We are at Corat Pod. Yeah, we are. Corat for life, yo. Corat for life, yo. And then you can also check out our Instagram page. Confessions of Retail Podcast. Woo! So, this is our stop. Until next week when the shit show rolls on. Amy and Lexi. Signing off. was a Titan cast episode.